Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so raise your hand if you are sitting somewhere in Manhattan traffic or trying to get into Manhattan and sitting in traffic waiting to see if they'll let you through because it seems like most of the city is locked down because the president is in town. Now, what he's here for is important. It's, you know, it's like a bit of a tour he's going on regarding infrastructure in all the cities. And the uh, the Hudson Tunnel is in desperate need of repair. And he's here to campaign for that, which is nice. But it has led to, as it usually is, whenever presidents come to town, a lockdown everywhere. So Bart Scott is <laughs> stuck in that and will work his way to us as soon as they let him. But in the meantime, we've got you and we've got your calls at 800-919-3776. So LeBron James in the garden tonight. And uh, moment, just moments ago, Dave McMenamin, who covers the Lakers for us at ESPN, said that LeBron, I know this is shock, will play tonight. Despite the fact that he missed last night's game in Brooklyn because of um, foot soreness or something like that. But, but Dave uh, is saying that sources are telling him that LeBron will play tonight at the Garden. And again, not surprised. Now, he's 117 points away from tying Kareem. So could he break two records in one night? He could beat Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem on the same night. Would you put it past him? It's the Garden. It's LeBron. I'm just kidding. Just saying. So he's not going to break the record. There was a lot of people that thought this is on national TV. TNT has the game. And there was some thought that this was the area of the schedule that maybe he could break it. And, you know, because uh, Steph Curry a couple of years ago, you know, broke Reggie Miller's record, uh, three-pointers at the Garden. Things always seem to happen at the Garden that, oh, of course LeBron is going to break the record at the Garden, but he will not. At least we don't expect that he can get to 118 points tonight against the Knicks' defense. But you never know. You never know. But besides that, tonight's game and, and the load management stuff and players sitting out I know it's become a topic of conversation involving the NBA that I know people are now really starting to talk about more and more mainly because again LeBron sits out AD sits out in Brooklyn and they have excuses LeBron said he had a sore foot or ankle or something Anthony Davis is coming back from injury and we all know he's made of paper so you gotta be you know back-to-backs for him are difficult you gotta take it slow so they choose to sit out against Brooklyn, and Brooklyn kind of gets like a an easy one. And now the Knicks, of course, will face the Lakers' full squad. Not that the Lakers' full squad was any good. They, they still have a crappy record, but it's a lot better than the, whatever the hell they put on the court last night in Brooklyn. But you just don't know as a fan anymore. You saw the story with Jimmy Butler, how there was this kid who, who came from Spain, I believe, put up a big sign saying how far he came just to see Jimmy Butler play, only to be told that Jimmy Butler has a sore back and will not be playing tonight. Now, Butler did the right thing and 
you know, made sure the kid got to another game, took care of it all, got him a jersey signed, did the whole thing, did the right thing. But it's still like how many of these stories that we don't see, how many people go, they don't hold up the sign. So it is a big deal. And it's become one. And it's something that we have just accepted with the NBA. But we'll get to that. I want to hear what Bart thinks about it as a, as a football player, about that kind of stuff. So we'll get to that. we got a lot of football to get to, of course. But I just want to address something since it's just you and I. It's a little Han Solo right now. So I thought, let me take a moment here to talk about something Nick-related that is out in the news right now. Rumors. The trade deadline is coming up now. We are. It is the 31st of January, so it is the end of the month today. We did get a little bit of snow in the suburbs. That's nice. But it is the end of January. And so we are basically 10 days from the trade deadline in the NBA, February 9th. And with that in mind, the Knicks have a team that is above 500, but we all know needs some work. You got to you know massage the roster to see if you can lock up a playoff spot. And there is a piece that is out there that is rumored. The Athletic has been reporting this. Other other areas, too, have been mentioning this name. And some of people that are not diehard basketball fans might not recognize the name, but I'll explain it to you. So OG Ananobi, who is a, a he's a really good wing player, a starter. He can shoot threes, got a good about 37% career three-point shooter, strong physically, 7-2 wingspan. That's very important when it comes to defending on the wing. And he's a starter with with the Raptors, and he's been there. And he actually was a was a young player when they won the championship, but he's been part of Raptors teams and playoffs and everything else as a starter. And he's available. As the Raptors are under 500 and looking to see if they can sell off some pieces and reboot. And he makes $18 million next year, one more year in his deal. So the rumor is that the Knicks are one of the teams that are very interested in landing him. And the fit would be great. So let's just go fit. When you have Quentin Grimes, he can, you know, he's a good defender, a three and D at the two spot next to Brunson. And then so you have Julius Randle. So you need someone next to Julius Randle who can also be a defender on the wing and also can rebound a bit. He averaged about five rebounds a game. So Ananubi actually fits really well one through four with Brunson, Randle, and obviously Grimes. And then you have Mitchell Robinson when he comes back, a big shot-blocking, rebounding defensive center. It's a pretty good five. Now, the argument is, you didn't mention R.J. Barrett. Yes, R.J. Barrett could move to the bench if he'd accept the role. Remember, he just got paid. He got $107 million. There's no reason for him to worry about this looking like a demotion or anything else because you go to the bench and you become, which they've already conditioned him to be, guy off the bench as a scorer. Put him with Emmanuel quickly, which this this team struggles with bench scoring. So that's a scenario that I envision when I see this rumor and I look and say, well, how's this going to fit? I like the fit. I think it works. It upgrades the Knicks starting five, especially defensively and toughness and three-point shooting. And it also upgrades your bench without making another deal. So that's how I see this. Now, don't ask me about price because you know it's going to cost you something and the, the reports are the Knicks are willing to give up multiple firsts. Now, again, they have a ton of first-round picks over the next five years. They're not all theirs, obviously, and most of them are protected. So take that how you want to see it. But I'm not even going there. Now I'm going to give you the wet blanket. As much as I like this deal, 
as much as I think this fits everything that Tom Thibodeau as a coach would want, my concern is this type of a deal is not going to happen. Why? Well, there's rivalries that just never die. And they're not just team rivalries. This is not just about Masai Ujiri, who's president of the Raptors, who certainly loves to tighten the screws on the Knicks when it comes to trades. He'll always try to jack up the cost, try to get more, than, because he knows there's that New York tax. <laughs> Jazz certainly tried to do the same thing. What I'm telling you, though, is there's a different kind of rivalry. And this one involves agencies. So OG Ananubi is represented by Clutch Sports. Rich Paul, that's LeBron's group. That's his agency. And Clutch Sports has a rivalry with CAA. And that, of course, is CAA basketball is literally was built by Leon Rose and William Wesley, who are now running the Knicks. And you can say, well, it's business. I shouldn't get involved. Not so, not so sure about that. And you could say that, well, and nobody does can't control. They, they can't control where he's going. Maybe, maybe not. But they can motivate other teams to get involved and sort of just put enough pressure with the Raptors and everything else. Like, if no one wants to help the Knicks, and the Raptors certainly aren't going out of their way to do it, this is one way that you could say, well, they're not going to get them because the relationship is a bad one. And they don't want them there. And so... That's my concern, is can a player who could be a really good fit for the Knicks, a player that could solidify a starting five, make it tougher, make it stronger, make it better defensively, add some three-point shooting, and also, conversely, could, and I'm just this hypothetical, guys, I'm just, hypo, I'm just hypothetical in this, some might say, well, Grimes should go to the bench, and I'm just thinking, well, you could put Barrett on the bench, and he'll still play a ton of minutes and be a scorer off the bench. That all seems to make sense to me. But my hesitation, my pause on this whole thing, from what I'm being told, is I just don't know if this deal even goes down because of the relationship with Clutch Sports. That, to me, is the biggest concern. So now you start looking at other options, and there aren't really many. There aren't many great options to upgrade this team, as I'm looking around, you're going to see some names and you're going to think, I've heard of that name. I've heard of that name. But you have to remember about fit. Fit is the important part of this whole thing. And I just don't know if there is a better fit than what you could get in a deal for OG and Anubi. And again, you might not know who the hell I'm talking about. Diehard fans certainly know what I'm talking about. But many others don't really know who he is, unless you really know the NBA. It's a really good fit. Really good fit. But can this front office pull it off? Can they make this happen? Can they, can they somehow, some way, quell the rivalry, the nastiness? Keep this in mind. If you want to know what's the, what's the background, New Orleans Noel was a Nick Center a couple of years ago, and he changed from one agency, Clutch, to another CAA. And why? Well, he came to the Knicks, switched it over, and then after the fact, he ended up suing Clutch for how they handled his free agency when he was with the Dallas Mavericks. How does that look 
it's a bad look, right? I mean, there's a relationship factor there that you look and you say, is it coincidence that he goes to that agency and then he sues this agency saying they mishandled his free agency? So that's what I mean about bad blood. And you're not going to see a lot of help. You're not going to see a lot of, yeah, we want to put him in New York because we think it'd be a great fit and be good for his career. He's he, Next year he's got a contract, then he can opt out in 24, and he can make a lot of money. If Look, if you're looking at it from a business sense, OG could come here and be like a, a wonderful fit with this group, play well, get him into the playoffs, the right kind of matchup, maybe make some noise. Who knows? And then he can make a lot of money as a free agent, especially if they want to keep him here because he's earned it. But that's not the way it's going to go down because you have to get him here first. That's the biggest challenge. There's been so much focus on everything that needs to be done, that Tom Thibodeau needs to control minutes for certain players because they're wearing down, that he needs to play other players, that, that, that they need to change the way they play late in games. All this stuff is about coaching, that, uh, that, that you know, Randall's got to be better at this and Brunson's got to be better at that. There's so much of that being discussed about this team. What's not being discussed is what the free is what the front office needs to do in 10 days to make this team better. Because this team right now is playing above expectations. That part's true. We can all be frustrated about close losses and what could be. How they could be so much better if they could have closed out a couple of games, if they didn't blow that lead, if they could make a free throw here. If they had called the foul there, right? How many of these games have we done? We've probably had five to seven games this season where we have said something like, that one play could have changed the outcome of the game. Then they'd be way over expectations. But they still are, despite all that, an above-expectation team. But will they stay that way to finish the season if you don't make any moves? The Heat are getting better. Atlanta's getting better. That's the, You have to pay attention to what's going on around you. You're chasing teams that, on paper, have more talent than you do. So this overachieving is not going to last, especially when you have one of the toughest schedules to, to finish the season. And that's a fact. So a good front office will do, for instance, what Lou Lamarillo did for the Islanders, what he just did yesterday. The Horvat move was Lou responding to not just criticism, but also what his team was literally screaming. We are not good enough anymore. Awful power play. Need more punch. Need some offense. You got to swing for the fences. Is it a gamble? Is it a risk? Hell yeah. Of course it is. You don't know if you're going to sign him for a long term. You could lose him. This could be Ryan Smith all over again. For those Islander fans who know, you know what I'm talking about. They did the same thing. They went for a guy who was going to be a free agent, gave up a lot for him, hoping they could talk him into staying, and they couldn't. Same deal here. But you have to take the swing. You have to. And that's where the Knicks front office comes into play here. They have 10 days to make a move that will make them better. Not just on paper, on the court. will make them better. Use assets. And look at right now and say, take advantage of a team that is overachieving. Reward it. And give the coach more to work with so that at the end of the season, we're not lamenting those close losses, those you, you blew the lead. So we're not lamenting the missed foul call, the missed free throw. We're not lamenting it's unfair that LeBron had a night off last night when it should have been a back-to-back and we got him at full battery. 
because he didn't play in Brooklyn. Like we're not we're not lamenting any of that anymore. We're not lamenting a tough schedule to finish the season, tougher than almost anyone in the league. No, because you made moves to make your team better, to inject some life into the group and lock down a playoff spot to pretty much emphasize an overachieving season. That's what this is, like it or not. Is it a great year? No, but then they weren't expected to be great. But being good is still better than the alternative. So that's what I'm seeing. My fear isn't the fit. My fear isn't even what they're going to give up. My fear is will the relationship cost them a chance at a player? Ironically, they had a relationship with a player they could have gotten in the summer in Donovan Mitchell. They had a relationship. What they couldn't get done was the deal because they were unwilling to give up a lot for him. So what's going to happen now at this point when it is on the one-yard line? Can they get it done? 800-919-3776 is the number. So that's what I've got for you. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But what I've heard from people is don't expect that to happen because of the relationship between the agencies. Not anything else. Start there. And then, you know, Masai Ujiri is not going to make it easy. There's always the New York tax that you got to pay. That's a reality, guys. All right, let's begin some calls. We wait for Bart to step into the studio. D in Jersey can start us off. What's up, D? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, I don't think OG would be a good fit with the Knicks. Um, and a big reason Why? is because when you look in – because the way this team struggles. When you look at them down the stretch, yep. they have a problem finishing games and scoring in the end. And the reason is is because they play a lot of ISO ball. They give the ball to Julius Randle, mm-hmm. he goes one-on-one. Right. You give the ball to R.J. Barrett, he goes one-on-one. And Jalen Brunson, as good as a point guard as he is, he does the same thing. He's not your quintessential point guard who makes everybody else better. So what, if you look at teams that don't uh, have that quintessential point guard who are good, they either have a good point forward or they run a great motion offense, something the Knicks don't do. Their offense is all so high. All right, so they, D, D, let me just ask you a question. So you're telling me that you do you watch a lot of NBA basketball, like lots of it? I watch I watch four or five NBA games a night. A night, okay. So you're telling me that down a the night. stretch, everybody just runs like dribble handoffs and and screens and runs and, and there's like five passes before the shot, right? In the last two minutes, you never ever see no. you know Jason Tatum just clear out and go one on one. You don't see Embiid but, just clear out and go one on one. You I, never I, see I, that, I, right? That's not what I'm saying. You just did. You just but said that they should is, run more uh, more motion, not, which is in the last two minutes, everybody does ISO. Everybody does but, that. But if you look at those teams, that's not – does the Golden State Warriors do that? Yes. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Who Late do in games? Late in games? Who do they ISO with? Steph Curry? You telling me that Steph? You telling me that Steph Curry doesn't run off? Steph Curry doesn't run off a curl, catch it, and then everybody spaces so he can get the shot he wants to get. You tell me that doesn't happen? He comes off that screen. He has the shot he wants. He has the shot he wants. <laughs> and so, but but my point is, the Knicks have struggled all season long yep. closing yep. games. Yes, they have because they can't finish. Because and they so, can't. And why? Why? Again, I, I just want to go back to this, D. I want to go back to this because I, I this you're not alone in your assessment of this. Is it is it that they play ISO and that doesn't work, or is it that the players they have? By the way, Jalen Brunson, look look up the numbers. He is top five in the league in clutch stats, shooting everything else. Clutch stats, top five. He is I agree. He's, top five. he's a great point. He's right. a great right. player. I'm just saying. So it does sometimes work. 
But there are times, and you're right, when they have lost games late, it has become because double teams come at Randall, he struggles with that. And that is absolutely true. That also what happens is they get fouled and they don't make free throws. That is true too. And in the games that they win, it's because they make free throws. It's also because Brunson does most of the work late in games. That's a f- so I'm telling you, D, ask- that's a fact. The league is loaded with iso ball so late in games. That's a fact. You're correct, but, but you're talking last two minutes. The Knicks' problems don't start just in the last two minutes. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Yes. So fourth, let me ask you this, fourth though. Fourth quarter. Question. How does OG, OG Obanobi fix that problem for the Knicks? Because he's a spacer. He's one guy that can catch and shoot a three. He can knock it down. And his defense, which they also struggle right. with late in games. Defensively, I agree. Him being a spacer, mm-hmm. I totally disagree. 37%, 37% from three. The, all right. Well, well I, I gave you enough time. 37% from three. 37% from three. That would be a guy who's a spacer. Now, he has a wrist injury right now. That also concerns me. I didn't bring that up. He does. That does bother me. All right, Josh in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, what's up? I was going to bring that up, that, that he's currently in with a, a wrist injury. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's going to affect it, too. But um, I did have two points. I don't know if you let me make it. But no, my go first for it. was about the trade. was about the trade. Um, So I seen that also regarding OG, that they were also with the Cam Reddish thing. I'm pretty sure we all know that he's not going to be on the team for much longer. Right. And with him going towards Milwaukee, and I, I think that was for like Serge Ibaka and George Hill is what I was seeing for. Yeah, there was a rumor about. Yeah, I've seen a rumor about that one yeah. too. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they need that backup for for Julius Randle because mm-hmm. they don't get much productions of scoring off the um off the bench. Right. Um, with the big men at all, so I think Serge Ibaka and he has that he has playoff pedigree, so he can also help close games, let know what position they need to be in, and things like that. Also, in like in a mentorship role for the other young guys. Okay. And. Um, my other point was about the um, uh, Tom Canty and um, Carlin were talking about also about these back-to-backs and how it's not fair for the Knicks because if they're playing the second back-to-back going towards the Garden, which is happening tonight, mm-hmm. you're getting your best bet. You're yep. getting your best game to the Knicks every time. Right. And Brooklyn's not getting that. That's right. And it's not, it's not fair. And when you realize what's going on now, it's not fair for the Knicks because like, like what happened last night, the Nets got the easy win because mm-hmm. they didn't have play any of the any of the any of the guys. They yeah. played no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James. Yeah, Thomas Bryant. Like, like you were that. trying to stop Thomas Bryant yeah. and Rui Hachimura with with Russell Westbrook, you know, doing all he can to give the but, game away. Like I, Knicks, I'm with you, but that's reality, though, man. It, it sucks, man. It, sucks it does. For the Knicks it, that they it, have to. That, yeah. It, it, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm saying you, you're. I, I've heard the complaints about this, and thanks for the call, Josh. I, I've heard the complaints about this. And while around the league, it sucks. Like, it does. It sucks. You don't know who's going to play. You get tired of this whole idea. Like, when the Warriors sat out their whole starting five, and then I got Steve Kerr, like, after the game, just saw, you know, it's just too bad. Like, I hate doing it. Well, if you hate doing it, don't do it. Why is all five guys? Like, everybody's got to sit at the same night? Like, that's crazy. So, this all started, by the way, with Greg Popovich. He's the one who started it. And he started out of spite. He was starting it because of the way they schedule games. Well, the way they this is what they do. They have the national games, like sorry, so Thursday night TNT, let's say, and you're also playing Wednesday night, and it's like I got to play a back to back. I'm not doing that to my guys. It's three and five or three and four, and they're tired all because you're just trying to shove me on a national uh, a national broadcast. So I'm going to sit my guys on the national broadcast as like a protest, and that's what Pop was doing ten years ago or or more. He was doing that to send a message. The problem is, is that nobody said anything. 
so that everybody else started doing it. And then they called it load management, which is a crock of, you know what? Load management. Give me a break. You know what the bigger story is? When Kawhi Leonard plays. Like, I don't, I, like honestly, don't ever put him on the injury list. Let's just, let's just anticipate he's going to be there. But when he plays, that's your alert. He's going to play. Like, when the Clippers come to town, don't buy the tickets. There's no reason to. If you're there to, if you want to watch Kawhi Leonard play, don't waste your time. At least not in Brooklyn. See, at the Garden, they all want to play. You know why? Here's why also LeBron and company all make sure they're playing at the Garden. And it's not just on LeBron, it's everybody. Most guys in their sneaker deal, they get an extra bonus for being on the court at the Garden. Bigger visual, bigger stage, all of that. Oh, yeah, there's a bonus in your sneaker deal for just playing at the Garden. And so that's why, of course, you're not going, you're going to go out of your way not to miss that game. Now, some guys, they can afford it, and it doesn't matter to them. But for a lot of guys, it does matter. So that's a big part of this, too. 800-919-3776 is the number. We continue this conversation because I know other people have talked about it. It's a big deal. Load management. Players sitting out in the NBA. The NBA now saying, instead of pushing back on it, now they're like, well, what if we did something with the season to have incentive in the middle of the year? A little, like, a middle-of-the-season tournament like they do in soccer. You know, so maybe guys will want to play more. I think it's the opposite. I actually think guys won't want to play in that. And so the games will matter, but it'll matter more to your, your – it'll become like the super sub tournament. Because the teams that really care about, like, finishing first in the top seed, the tournament's not going to matter to them. But it's just trying to find ways to make these games in the middle of the year where stars are taking off because they're tired. It's trying to make them more meaningful, despite the fact that everybody treats them as they're not. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Bart, uh, for those who are wondering where his wonderful voice is, Han. Yeah, he is still in traffic. So the president is in town, and uh, whenever that does happen, they close roads. Like, like the, the irony is that he's here for um, infrastructure, <laughs> and he is just causing a, an absolute collapse in that right now because everything is shut down. So, I mean, you would think, I don't know. I'll talk to, I'll talk to Bart when he gets in here about this because you know he's going to be furious because he's been in the city since 1030. He's been in the city since 1030, and he could not get uptown. You can't win. No, you cannot, Bart. So it'll be fun to talk to him about that when we get to that point, trust me. Um, so anyways, we're talking Knicks, trade rumors, also talking about the NBA. So LeBron James at the Garden tonight, and he will play. Dave McMenamin, who covers the Lakers for us at ESPN, tweeted earlier that he sources are telling him that LeBron will play. After sitting out last night in Brooklyn, it is just amazing how an ankle can just heal so quickly. General soreness. Yeah. Kyrie Irving spoke yesterday about this idea of players, you know, sitting out a lot and not really, you know, being available and fans showing up, wanting to see their stars and then realizing last minute, oh, he's not playing tonight and the disappointment that comes with it. Listen to Kyrie's response about players and, you know, not really wanting to play every night. I see it from both sides and I, and I have to sit in the middle and just say we have things in, in the works right now that we talk about. But all in all, everybody's body is different. Everybody's will to play is different and everybody's desire to be out there is different. Imagine that everybody's will to play. Your will to play. Imagine your will to go to work. Imagine that. Now, I'm not one that likes to try to make regular people like us and compare them to athletes who are paid millions of dollars to perform. Like, I get, you know, there, there is a difference. There are layers to everything. You have to accept that. So I'm never one to say that, I have to show up at work every day. You should, too. Like, let, let's just understand that these are, these are paid athletes for their talent. And the rest of us are, we just work. Right? That's what you do. You have a job, you show up, your responsibility is to be there. They also have a union that protects them. They have a lot of reasons that they could come up with that keeps them from having to play every night. Now, point out this, and, and Dinahan said this during the break, and he's right. The Tom Thibodeau's the greatest, the greatest criticism of him is what? Plays his players too much. Plays his main guys too much, drives them into the ground. Right? Julius Randle hasn't missed a game all year. Plays every game. Barrett plays a ton of minutes, and the only thing that keeps him out was uh, was a, a his finger literally fractured. Jalen Brunson plays a ton of minutes. He couldn't stand it. He had to miss a couple of games because of a hip issue. And he was telling people that he was embarrassed to sit out games with a hip injury because he thought it was going to make him look soft. Imagine that. So the Knicks don't really have this problem. But it is a, becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger problem all around the league. And Kyrie's saying that not every player has a desire to play every night. That, does, does that, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel as a fan? Are you cool with that? Like, yeah, I, I get it. Well, you're cool with it if all you're doing is sitting in front of your TV. 
But if you're laying out money to go watch these guys play and they just decide, I don't feel like playing tonight. Like that, like what the hell is that? Like you're stuck, like Chuck. And Kyrie more on uh, from Kyrie here. Talking about how the players are trying to figure out a way to solve the load management issue. Definitely taking the necessary steps of having the conversations with the NBA about what it looks like for the quote-unquote star players missing games or the superstar players not necessarily being available. It's a long season, man. It's a grinded-out season, 82 games. It's a lot on our bodies. I will not complain about it because I put my body in a great position every day, but it takes a lot of people a long time to figure out what their routine looks like at a very high level. There's a figuring out process, basically what I'm saying, from the NBA side and the MBPA side on how we can reconcile some of these issues that the fans bring up or the media brings up or people bring up of why people aren't available. Hmm. So once again, it's a long season. A lot of stress on the body, right? Tell me something. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when guys like Michael Jordan were playing 82 games a year, where they talked about it as if it was a badge of honor to appear in as many games you can in a season. Showed how tough you were, right? Was 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 training, was, you know, again, uh, sports medicine, sports science, was it at the place it is today? Teams now, now, this has been brought up many times before. Teams used to travel with, like, one trainer with a bag and some tape. That's all you had. And guys weren't missing time. Now, you've got three trainers, two masseuses. you got somebody that stretches you. Everybody's got their own guy working them out before a game. Like, like there's, you'd, you'd be shocked how many people are actually part of a traveling entourage for an NBA team. Shocking. Tons of people. People you look around like, where where'd you come from? Tons of people. All to make sure that players are at their optimal level. Peak performance. And um, now we have guys that can't play for various reasons, including what Kyrie just told you. Not every player has a desire to play every night. That they're talking about how do we solve the problem? This is a player thing. And it's going to eventually become an owner thing. Because owners have got to get to a point where the next CBA, and if you think this isn't going to come up, it's going to come up. The next CBA will be, as, as much about this, about your availability, as it is the money and how they dole it out and who, who deserves more. Because the players in, in, the, in, all the, in all of the work stoppages that I have covered over the years, the conversation's always, we the players are the product, we deserve 50% or more, we deserve a, a bigger piece of the pie. And if I'm an owner, I'd have to say, you know what? You are the product but you're not always available. So I don't know if you really deserve all that since we're paying for all these people that are supposed to help you be available, and you're not. So where do we take back from? Do we take back from that? Do we take back from... Like, that's, to me, the biggest issue of all with the NBA. That's, to me, where it really is a problem. Is the owners eventually are going to step in here and say, make a choice. Because they're not going to cut back the season. 82 games is too many games. It's been 82 games forever. It's never been too many games. It's never, ever been too many games. Why is it now too many games? When travel is so much better than it was. When all the stuff that can, all the amenities to help you recover is way better than it ever was. But now the season's too long. Now it's too difficult. 
Well, you can't cut back the season because when you cut it down to 70 games, 65 games, when you do that, it's less revenue. Less revenue means less money for the players. So anybody's going to accept that? Yeah, all right, we'll take less to play less. Hell no. So we'll come up with some silly mid-season tournament to create some faux entertainment, energy, excitement, interest, and maybe, just maybe, as the league is hoping, motivate stars to say, I'll play that game in January. That sounds like fun. Nope, that ain't happening. So to me, once again, the solution is the players have to say, and maybe it's got to come from the next generation, the younger guys that are coming into the league now. Those are the guys that have to look around and say, I'm not doing that. I'm playing every night. I'm not sitting. I'm here to play. But when Kyrie says not every player has a desire to play every night, he's not just telling on himself. He's revealing a family secret, one that we all know or maybe at least wondered, but now we know for sure that exists. And for the NBA, it's a major problem. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. And we're still waiting for his arrival. And if you're listening, Bart, we, um, we're sorry. I <laughs> What kind of road rage do you think Bart Scott has? Like his his road rage probably the Dina had his road rage is probably off the chart. Like I wish he, he would have like a dash cam so we could just watch him rage sitting in traffic. I, we could sell tickets to that. There'd be something special. Be a lot of language that you've you probably never heard, but it'd be hysterical. Like it, it it's the type of rage that almost needs to be shared. I should FaceTime him right now, just see where, see how he's feeling. Just imagine, everybody imagine how you feel when sitting in traffic. Now do that with Bart Scott. <laughs> right, add, add the power hour.
That would be even better though if he like if we really get up against it, he has to roll down the window to like one of the you know New York's finest and just say, "I gotta get to the power hour." Like they'll all know at that, but no, 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 let's go, light him up, get him through. The president has to wait. The power hour cannot be held up. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Meanwhile, by the way, Phil Collins' birthday today, and so we're just celebrating with his music and that one of the songs that is just like obviously iconic let's get some calls going here though we got scott manhattan what's up scotty hey what's up uh listen i look, i feel like this as a Knicks fan i know we headed in the right direction i know we're on a rebuild and my take is that i don't want to just make a trade just to make a trade to dismantle the direction that we're going so if it's nothing substantial and i know we probably missed out on the other one with mitchell as everybody's claiming but i still fully wouldn't wouldn't be a big fit because i don't think randall would have the numbers he's has and having now if, if mitchell was here but be that as it may you said oh gee for who so i'm like i'm comfortable to say listen we had in the right direction i don't want it just to make a trade just to make a trade you know just not to move properly so just sit back relax and let the, the tips fall where they may I hear you, Scott. I don't think an Ananobi trade is a trade to just make a trade. I think that's a trade to upgrade your starting five. I, I, that'd be an upgrade trade. I don't think I don't see that as a trade just to make a trade. He's also, by the way, he's twenty six years old, so it's also not getting old. You know, so I just think it's I think it's a good fit. As I said earlier, if you're just joining us, I don't see this going down. However, there are rumors about interest from the Knicks in him. But the problem, of course, is going to be a relationship between two agencies that are warring factions right now, and that's something in the NBA everybody knows about. And that is Clutch Sports, which is that's the agency that represents Ananubi. And, you know, it's Rich Paul and, and LeBron James' guys who uh, are, have created that, and it's a very successful now agency. And then Leon Rose and, and William Wesley are CAA. I mean, they, they really established CAA basketball. And so... These are two agencies that are not really on the same page. And a deal like this can be blocked by an agent. They can say, we don't want them there. That can happen, guys. And so that's the part I'm worried about. Yeah, I feel the same way. Can we smooth this out and let that deal happen? Lou in North Carolina. Yeah, Lou. Hey, Han. So I would love for OG and Obi to come to the Knicks. The only thing that I'd be concerned about is, like you say, you have to pay a premium. So if you're paying a premium for him, you're essentially giving him a blank check whenever the time comes that he needs a contract. What is the actual upside of OG? Like, what's his ceiling? Could he be a Jimmy Butler type? No. He seems to be going on that same path kind uh, of throughout I, his career. I mean, I don't know if he's that. I don't know if he's that kind of scorer. You know what I mean? Like, I think Jimmy Butler really developed himself as a great scorer. He did start out kind of similarly as a really tough defensive player. Guy really got after it, could get up down the floor, stuff like that. But I don't know if... Ananobi has that kind of game. I just see him as somebody that's an extremely valuable piece with within teams that have scores already, and he's someone that as a, as a defense you can't you can't lose him. That, that that's what I see. But you know, as far so as like, what kind upside, of a contract would you give him? It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He's a, he'll he'll be at eighteen next year. So obviously, it'll be more than that. So I'm sure he'll be looking in the twenties. I mean, he'll easily be looking in the 20s, and he'll be looking for at least, a, what, a four-year deal. So, you know, I mean, these, these $100 million contracts come really fast now in the NBA. 
I mean, they're almost like you just blink at them now because the real deals are the ones that are in the 200s. That's the world we're in right now. 800-919-3776. Let's see. Let's go to uh, Ryan in Connecticut. Go ahead, Ryan. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Um, so I just wanted to say, uh, while I while I try my hardest not to pay attention to the current, you know, Jay, the Jay Crowder situations or the Ben Simmons situations last year, I wanted to ask you, do you regarding the the time, you know, players' time playing and whatnot? Do you do you actually do you believe that? Because you mentioned Jordan, do you believe that today's game has no relevance in terms of? Yeah, athleticism that's being portrayed out there. And so, for example, like LeBron just keeping up with the players in today's game alone, I feel as if is a huge, you know, tip of the cap to him because, A, of his age, and you have other guys who are around his age, like Chris Paul and all those Mm -hmm. guys. Do you think that has a factor? Because I, I personally don't think Jordan was going against, you know, Zion coming out of high school doing 360 windmills and, Granted, he was playing. You know, no, I mean, he did go, I mean, Sean, play, Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp did that. Sean Kemp came in the league as a as a what nineteen year old, twenty year old, and he was doing exactly the same thing that Zion's doing. And Jordan was yeah, trying. And Jordan had to beat them, and he did. I understand, but I'm saying the, the, any any bench player right now in the league could come up and, and score twenty five. So, like, just the athleticism alone, I feel as if we should give. Well, LeBron, I know, mean, like, okay, take the day off. Oh, so be it. Well, I mean, good, Brian. If you're fine with it, you know that good for you. Go ahead, LeBron. Take the day off. But that's easy to say if you didn't buy a ticket. If you're not invested, like if I'm, if if I am a major network, and I'm spending, you know, a billion dollars on the NBA, and I have games where I'm trying to get great ratings. I mean, when do you see in the NFL? When do you see in the NFL? And I know it's once a week, but that game's a brutal game. When do you see it where it's like, you know what? You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out this game tonight. You know, I know it's Monday Night Football, but you know he's he's a little banged up. He doesn't feel like playing. Like it's just like you you spend these these networks spend a ton of money. And yes, business does it. This does matter. The owners will bring all this up because if you're a TV network, I'd love to have your product. But I mean, we got to do something about the fact that when we have we we buy your games and we promote your games, and then you you know guy is not playing. And now I don't have the rating that I thought I'd have because this guy's not playing. That's a problem. And it's been a problem for a long time. But if you aren't going to the game and you're not you're not invested financially in the game, you don't care. LeBron didn't play. Yeah, let him have a night off. But don't try to compare the eras and say it's just so much harder today. Because the athleticism 20 years ago, the, the game was different. In fact, you could argue the game was a lot harder to play because it was so damn physical. That was a grueling game. You got beat up, you got hit, you got knocked down. Today, it's up and down the floor. It's a faster game, but it can be a faster game. The travel is so much easier, so much more luxurious. You have a lot more amenities than ever before. I don't understand it, but maybe you can help me with that. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.